Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. Whoa, 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 it's Xander's Facts. Hey y'all, what's happening? Welcome into the latest edition of the Xander's Facts Podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. Welcome into episode 38 of the podcast. We're doing it here on Wednesday, October 20th, the most factual podcast in the world. You all know, welcome in, and remember, if you want to support the Xander's Facts Podcast, if you like all the facts that are on this podcast, or if you think you're going to like all the facts, that we've got coming up for you here on episode 38. Then remember, click that follow button, download button, rate button, review button, all those buttons, and then go on all your socials. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those. Xander's Facts, that's Xander with a Z. And most importantly, remember to tell all your friends about the Xander's Facts podcast. We call it spreading the facts around here. Remember, go do that. We've got a whole big podcast this week because it is part two of our NBA season preview with our special guest, Hillbilly, of course. Huh. He is back this week. We're going to do that in a second. But we've got some other sports to talk about, too, like football, my picks. We're going to do college and pro. But first, let's start out with college football. It's week eight in college football this week. But last week was week seven. And I didn't do so well, personally, in week seven of college football because my team is terrible and we'll get to that in a second but terrible iowa who i picked to beat purdue lost they only scored seven points at home against purdue they lost actually purdue because iowa was ranked second at the time purdue now has nine wins against ap top two teams when they are unranked how about that the most out of any team in college football no other team has more than four wins in that scenario xander's Facts. It's a fact. Texas also fell apart once again in the second half, and they're lost to Oklahoma State. Plus, Arkansas lost their third straight game as they fell to Auburn. LSU beat Florida. Florida's uh, wacko. But even so, even as LSU won, they still announced that their head coach, Ed Orgeron, will not be returning next season. Oh, go Tigers! He's leaving. So sad. And he's going to keep coaching. For the rest of the season. That's interesting. And Texas A&M, as I picked them to lose. Of course, they won. They beat Missouri in a failed upset bid for the Tigers. And NC State, who I predicted to lose to Boston College. Of course, they beat Boston College. I did have a couple of good picks, though. Baylor ended up upsetting BYU, as I said. And Utah beat Arizona State, as I also said. Ole Miss was also able to beat Tennessee. Michigan State barely beat Indiana, and Georgia, the number one team in the country, had no trouble beating Kentucky. And Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Alabama, those top five teams, they all rolled. So last week I went 10-6, and six, which is not that bad. That's 62.5%, and that bumps me up to exactly 100 correct predictions in college football this year. How about that? For games and 38 losses, that's 72.5% on the year. So we're going to try to do better in week eight. And week eight starts with a bye for the number one team in the country, Georgia. Their next game is the world's largest cocktail party down in Jacksonville against Florida. What do you say? Cincinnati moves up to number two in the country. How about that? And they play Navy at noon on ESPN2, a game 
they will win. Oklahoma is third after they beat TCU. They looked strong last week with Caleb Williams as their quarterback. They play at Kansas at noon on ESPN. Easy win. Kansas is not a football school. Alabama moves up to four. They host Tennessee at seven o'clock on ESPN. Of course, they rolled Mississippi State as I said they would last week. They welcome Tennessee. Tennessee's got a good offense, but I think Alabama is going to score more than their offense. Alabama wins the game. Ohio State is fifth. They head to Bloomington, Indiana to take on Indiana at 7.30 on ABC. Ohio State had a bye week last week. Indiana almost beat Michigan State last week, but they didn't, and they're only 2-4 and four this year. So give me Ohio State, even though Ohio State might be looking ahead because next week they've got a big game against Penn State. Might be a top 10 game. A little foreshadowing there for next week. We'll see. But another Big Ten team, Michigan, is ranked 6 They're undefeated, and they host Northwestern at noon on Fox. Michigan also returns from a bye, and they have another big game next week against undefeated Michigan State. But I think they'll beat Northwestern this week. Penn State, as we just talked about, is 7th in the country. They host Illinois at noon on ABC. Penn State also got some rest last week. They should beat Illinois, but they might be looking ahead to Ohio State. So we'll see. All those games, those three games might be closer than we think. Iowa State, who I predicted to go to the playoff, is not ranked right now. But they host the number eight team in the country, Oklahoma State, who was undefeated at 3.30 on Fox. Oklahoma State got past Texas last week. I didn't think they were going to win that game. They did. Now they face Iowa State, a team I'm high on, but they've disappointed so far this year, but I don't think they'll disappoint this week. Iowa State's going to beat Oklahoma State in an upset, Xander's facts. Michigan State, as we mentioned earlier, is undefeated. They're ranked ninth, and they take a bye week this week after they beat Indiana by five points. So they have got a leg up on Michigan because they have a bye week before that game. Interesting. Two big games of the Big Ten next week. But this week, let's move on to Oregon, who is 10th. They head to Pasadena to take on UCLA at 3.30 on ABC. Oregon had a bye week last week and heads down south. UCLA's look pretty decent this year. They're 5-2 and two on the year. And at home, I think UCLA is going to win the game. Iowa is 11th. They take a bye week after they lost to Purdue. They play Wisconsin next week. Ole Miss is 12th. They host LSU at 3.30 on CBS. LSU still has their coach for the rest of the year. I don't know how that's working out. And they head to Mississippi to take on Ole Miss. The Rebels beat Tennessee. The Rebels. Watch it, buddy. And I think they'll beat the Tigers of LSU as well. Notre Dame is 13th after a bye week. They host USC at 7.30 on NBC. They beat a terrible VT team a couple weeks ago. They had a bye week. They host USC. I'm not convinced they're good because VT is terrible. But I will say Notre Dame wins the game. Coastal Carolina is undefeated. They're 14th in the country. They go to North Carolina to take on Appalachian State at 7.30 on ESPN2 on Wednesday. Midweek football might be a good one because Appalachian State's usually pretty good, but I think Coastal Carolina is going to keep on rolling. Kentucky is 15th. They lost to Georgia last week, and they take a bye week before they head to Mississippi State next week. Wake Forest is undefeated. They took a bye week last week in the rig 16th as they head to Army at noon on CBS Sports Network. I will go with Wake Forest because the ACC needs somebody. Because without Wake Forest this year, the ACC is absolute garbage. It's awful. 
Texas A&M is 17th. They beat Missouri last week, like I did not say was going to happen, but they host South Carolina this week at 7.30 on the SEC Network. I think the Aggies are starting to put it together, so I will give Texas A&M the win. NC State is 18th ACC. They go to Miami at 7.30 on ESPN2. Miami is awful. They're 2-4. and They might be looking to get rid of their head coach. NC State should win that game 7.30 on ESPN2. Auburn, who beat Arkansas last week, moves into the poll at 19th, and they take a bye week before they host Ole Miss next week. Baylor's 20th. They move into the poll. They take a bye week also after they beat BYU. They host Texas in the Big 12 next week. SMU is 21st in the country, and they're undefeated. And on Thursday at 7.30 on ESPN, they host Tulane. SMU returns from the bye week. They'll win the game. San Diego State beat San Jose State in double overtime last week. They're 22nd in the country. They're undefeated. They go to Air Force at 7 o'clock on CBS Sports Network, a game that Air Force is going to win. Air Force is 6-1. and one. How about that? They'll win the game. Pittsburgh moves into the poll after beating a terrible Virginia Tech team. They're 23rd. They host Clemson at 3.30 on ESPN, and Clemson is only four votes away from being ranked in the AP poll. How about that? But they face a Pittsburgh team that is averaging 48 points per game on offense. They're really good. I think the Panthers will win at home. Pittsburgh, UTSA, the Roadrunners move into the poll. They're 24th. They're undefeated. They go to Louisiana Tech at 7 o'clock on Stadium. I don't know what that is. The Roadrunners of UTSA. Have you ever heard of them? Well, if you haven't, you do now. They're in the Conference USA, and they will beat Louisiana Tech. And finally, Purdue moves into the poll at 25. After beating Iowa last week, they take a bye. They play Nebraska next week. That was dumb. So that's college football. Kind of an underwhelming week because there's no top 25 matchups, so it's probably... Not going to be the best week of football, but next week, going to be some good games. Some top 10 potential games. Mm, interesting. So that's college football for this week. Now let's get to our main event, the NBA, our season preview, part two, with our special guest, the world-renowned NBA analyst, Hillbilly. He is back this week. Last week, we talked about the Eastern Conference. This week, we're going to talk about the Western Conference, and we're going to give our season predictions. For the NBA. That is this week. It's part two of Xander's Facts 2021-2022 NBA season preview with Hillbilly. It continues right now as the Xander's Facts podcast continues. Xander's Facts. Welcome back. To Xander Specs Podcast. I am here with the world renowned Xander Specs NBA analyst. Hillbilly is back on the podcast. Hillbilly, how are you? I'm fantastic. I bet you are because the NBA is about to start. We're going to talk about all 30 teams. And of course, we're going to get you our season predictions. So let's go over to the West. And the West kind of had a youth movement, with the exception of Chris Paul. But the Jazz, the Suns, and the Nuggets, they finished 1-2-3 and three in the regular season. And it was the Suns, who were led by Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who won the West and went to their first NBA Finals since 1993 with Sir Charles Barkley. But, of course, they lost to the Bucks. And this season, there are a couple of teams that are looking to recover from a bunch of injuries. 
the Lakers being one of the notable ones. And there's several teams who are going to compete at the top of that conference. But let's start at the bottom of the conference. Awful. The worst team in the league last year were the Rockets. They were 17 and 55. That's terrible. Their best player was John Wall. He's gone apparently now. They did get the second pick in Jalen Green. I mean, do you have anything to say about the Rockets? Because I just... No. Um, no, I mean, Jalen Green, Christian Wood are going to be good players in the future, but I don't expect much this year. And 14th were the Thunder. The Thunder, not good for them, but it, they're definitely rebuilding. I mean, they've got some promise, but this year, are they going to get anywhere other than the lottery? Oh, I think they're definitely going to be a lottery team. But they're still a team that you kind of might want to, you know, tune into a little bit and see what they're doing because, you know, they've got they've got good young players and they're going to get more and more. So. Yeah, a team that's going to be better definitely in the future. The Timberwolves were 13th. They've got a bunch of talent in Minnesota, but that organization is definitely dysfunctional. I think they fired their president or GM like a couple weeks ago, right before training camp started. So I don't know. They've got a bunch of talent on that team. Just can they put it together? Yeah, that's the question. And they better do it soon because I, I think Carl Anthony Towns has another year after this one, I guess. But he's in that range where he could easily force a trade if he wanted to. Bye-bye. Yeah, he's close enough. And they, they better start getting it together. But they've got a lot of good players on there now. There really aren't a lot of excuses. Anthony Edwards, I mean, he's yeah. almost certainly going to make another leap this year. And if he does, he's an all-star level player. They've just got a lot of really good players on that team. We're going to see. And another team that's got a lot of young talent are the Kings. Are they going to show, start to show their potential this season? Because they've got a lot of talent on that team for a team that finished 12th in the West last year. Yeah, I, I just I guess I don't necessarily see where it's going to come from the improvements. You know, Darren Fox is, you know, one of the best guards out there or best young guards out there. But I just don't know where the rest of the talent's really going to come from. Buddy Heal, they, they were going to shop them. That kind of turned into a mess. I don't, I don't really see where they get much better. And then 11th were the Pelicans, who definitely disappointed because, of course, Zion's on their team. But they had to fire Stan Van Gundy after only a year. They hired the, the Suns assistant, Willie Green, as their new head coach. So they lose Lonzo Ball, of course, their coach, Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe. They've got Zion, though. So... This is their third coach in three years. Can he be the one to finally lead the Pelicans, at least to the play-in? I don't, I don't think so. Unless, I mean, I think Zion's trajectory, we can kind of see where it's going. And he's obviously, I mean, no matter what else you want to say about him, he is an absolute force of nature down there. Um, I think the really big thing for them is Brandon Ingram. If, if he can take another step, but they lost so much this year. Losing Lonzo Ball is just huge. And then Stephen Adams is, I don't think you could work Adams and Zion together. It just didn't work. But it's still a big loss. Eric Bledsoe, they basically lost all their guards. Devontae Graham, they picked up, but he is an undersized guard that's a huge defensive liability. And defense was a huge problem for them last year. I don't, I think they're probably going to be worse than they were last year. Disrespectful! And into the play and where the Spurs, they finished 10th. Spurs were not fun to watch let's just say that last oh. year and they lose to Marta Rose and Patty Mills Rudy Gay and they're getting into a bit of a rebuild here but I mean how much longer is Greg Popovich going to be coaching this team because it just doesn't seem like they're getting any better anytime soon yeah but they're never going to fire them 
Yeah. And I think Popovich, to me, he just kind of looks like a guy that likes coaching. You know, I think he just likes knowing him. So I don't know that he's going to leave just because they're not doing well. But I mean, they're going to go from being the most boring team to watch last year to being so much more boring, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And like, I don't know that I will, I don't, there won't be a single game that I watch next year because the Spurs are playing. I would so much rather watch a team like Cleveland to see what Evan Mobley's doing, you know? But a team that, is probably, we'll see if they're going to be exciting this year, it will be the Warriors. They finished ninth in the West. They lost to the Lakers and then the Grizzlies, I think, in the play-in. But, of course, they've got Curry, Draymond, Andrew Wiggins got the vaccine, so he's going to play. They're going to get Clay back. What about the Warriors? Can they get back to their winning ways this year? Yeah, I mean, I think they're definitely going to be a playoff team. I mean, especially if, if Curry has – still has it, which it seemed like last year he was just every bit as good as he's ever been. If Clay Thompson can come back and be healthy, you know, they've added some new pieces. I mean, Kuminga, they got with the seventh pick. Everybody was sure he was going to be a top five pick. And, you know, what's interesting about Kuminga, he was absolutely killing it in the G League to the point where everybody was talking about how he seemed better than Jalen Green. And then he stopped playing. He only played a few games. And then he decided, like, this isn't worth the injury risk. I've shown what I need to show. I'm done. And then he just, he slid. And you just kind of wonder, because apparently he is just athletically uber talented. They got a steal there. And they can fit that in with that team. They really could be fantastic. They, They didn't lose too much, you know, from last year. They should be so much better. You just have to hope that Wiseman, their their center that was, you know, their high pick last year, that he is going to take a step this year. And that happens to big men. They just, they're never that great when they first come out, unless they're Shaq. It just takes a little bit. So it would be really interesting if he takes a big step. Yeah, I think the Warriors are going to be a lot of fun to watch if they can stay healthy Fight me next year. Yeah. So eighth in the West were the Memphis Grizzlies last year. They've got an exciting young core. They've got guys like Dylan Brooks, John Morant. So how much do you think they can improve this season, Billy? A lot. They are so talented. They're so deep. They just shed players that, you know, we talked about Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen's a really good player. They just didn't have any space on their roster for him because they've just got Mm -hmm. so many good players at every position. They don't make bad picks. And I think that one of the things that people tend to forget a little bit about them is that while, what's his name, John Morant, was just killing it and and playing so well, their second best player on the team is clearly Jaron Jackson, and he wasn't there for most of it. If he's healthy this year with that depth and that star power, they could could really threaten And a team that was in the play-in, which nobody expected to be in at the beginning of the season, were the Lakers, who got to the first round, but they lost to the Suns. They gain Russell Westbrook, so they've got a big three now. If LeBron and AD can stay healthy, I mean, can they rebound after a disappointing season that they had last year, where they were 24th in offensive efficiency? That was a fact. I guess they're supposed to. I, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all works out for them. And, you know, I've been kind of wondering for a while with, with the way that the NBA is, and the general managers and the personnel guys think about the game these days and they value scoring or they value the three point shots so much. 
and the big men have been devalued. Are, are you going to see a team that just says, you know what, we'll just soak up all these undervalued big men and we're just going to pound you with size and just raw physical ability and screw shooting the three. And that seems almost like what the Lakers are doing. LeBron James is like definitely their best three-point shooter that is a good player. And he is not that good of a three-point shooter. Yeah. Yikes! Anthony Davis really lost his shot last year. I mean, it's one of the things that I think people forget is that he took a, over the last couple of years, he's taken a real dip in his three-point shooting. And Russell Westbrook is the worst because he takes so many of them and he shoots in the 20s. He's a worse three-point shooter than Giannis is. You can't have your point guard being like that. And we know that Anthony Davis doesn't want to play center, but you know that they're 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 going to have to somewhat, but he doesn't want to, so to make them happy, they're going to be given Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan minutes. And that means you're going to have lineups that have Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Dwight Howard in there, none of them being a knockdown three-point shooter. So it'll be interesting if they can kind of show everybody up, like you don't need the three point to win. You know, you can do it. We'll see. I don't think they can. I think they're, I think they're going to be an offensive mess, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, imagine that lineup like five years ago. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say the other thing with the Lakers is Russell Westbrook, when he is not playing with the ball constantly sucks. He is not a good NBA player when he doesn't have the ball. He's a mice with that sick burn. He doesn't do anything but just stand there, typically. That's not going to work with LeBron James, I don't think. Russell Westbrook would have to really revolutionize his game, and I don't think he's, I think it's too late for him to do that. So those are the play-in teams in the West. Let's go to the playoff teams in the West, the Trailblazers, who finished sixth, but they got rid of their head coach, Terry Stotts. They bring in Chauncey Billups as their new head coach, and Billy, they've got the Lillard-McCollum duo in the backcourt. Can they finally break out in the West under their new head coach? I mean, I think if they were ever going to do it, this could be the year. I think that the West is going to be a little down this year, unless the Lakers just prove everybody wrong. But, well, actually, I think most people do expect the Lakers, but I think most personnel people think that the Lakers can have problems. But, you know, it's going to be a weaker West. I think that the Trailblazers still do have that fantastic guard combination there, you know, along with players that they pick up like Larry Nance Jr., who's a really undervalued defensive player, really good at what he does, and a great team player. I think they're they're going to be better than they were last year, which could be enough to threaten this West. And fifth in the West were the Mavericks, a team that I picked to go to the finals, beginning of the playoffs. That didn't work out. They lost in the first round, and they got rid of their head coach, Rick Carlisle, after he was there forever. They bring in Jason Kidd, who did not work out with Milwaukee when Giannis was there, so I don't know. But do the Mavericks have the talent behind Luka Doncic to actually compete in the West this year, Hillbilly? Um, I don't think to compete, to cut – like. It- if you mean like compete as in can they come out of the West and into the finals, I just don't see it. I mean, Doncic would probably be better, but I think all around him, I think that team is going to implode. I think Doncic is going to be just so frustrated being on that team because they really didn't pick anybody up like they needed to. Unless Porzingis, it just turns a switch and he was just still injured these last few years, but he can get healthy again. 
maybe, but I don't think anybody's taking that bet right now. Yeah, I wasn't thinking too highly on the Mavericks coming out this year. And the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard got injured back in the playoffs. It was ACL injury, I believe. So he is still not going to play. He's not going to start the season. We'll see if he can come back later on in the season. But they finished fourth in the West last year, and they lost Patrick Beverly and Rajon Rondo, and they had DeMarcus Cousins as well. But with Kawhi out for now, what are realistic expectations right now for the Clippers? Well, they can get into the position that they need to get into in the playoffs without Kawhi. I think, especially like I keep saying with the West, I think being somewhat down this year, I think they can get where they need to be. It just all depends on Kawhi. But you know that Kawhi is not coming back until he is 100% ready. Good to know. I mean, that is that is Kawhi. Like, no one's going to rush him after what happened in San Antonio. He, When he is ready, he's going to come back. And if he doesn't feel like he's ready next year, he won't do it. Or come back so late that it's just not going to help him. So, you know, but if he does, I you know, I think the Clippers are good. I think playoff P, Paul George, made a big step last year in the playoffs. I think he really, he had a good playoffs. I mean, the sky's the limit, especially in that West. And so those top three teams I was talking about in the West, let's get to them because the Nuggets finished in third. They lost to the Suns in the conference semifinals. They really don't change their lineup very much. So they've got a ton of talent. So is Denver finally going to be able to take that next step? Because it looked like they could have last year, but I think they just got so tired at the end. Yeah, well, they, I mean, if you remember last year, their top four guards. So their one, two, three, and four on the depth chart were all out in the playoffs. That's why they had to start Facundo Campazzo at <laughs> point guard, who is a really fun player to watch, but he's also about five two. Like you can't, you can only really spot play him in the NBA. You cannot play him as your starter. So, you know, assuming that all those guys are back, you know, PJ Dozier, uh, Will Barton, all those guys to come back and assuming that Jamal Murray can come back somewhere towards the middle of the year and can get into playoff shape, I, which I think is what will happen. Michael Porter Jr., you got to think he's only going to get better. And if he's a big guy, he's going to get better on defense, which is what he needs to do. I think they are probably going to be the best team in the West. Bold move there. So the team that was best in the Western Conference playoffs last year were the Phoenix Suns, who finished second. They won the finals, Western Conference finals. They did lose to the Bucks in the NBA finals, though, but they've still got Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker. So they shocked the league. They made it to the finals last year. But what's the next step here for the Suns this year? I think they did, you know, this the smart thing by staying relatively pat with where they are. DeAndre Ayton, I, I just, I, I guess I hadn't watched enough of him before. He is great. He is, he is going to be so good. He, him along with Devin Booker are such a great core for that team and having Chris Paul to kind of help him bridge through it. They're, they are going to be really, really good again. And definitely right at the top of the West. Yeah. Ayton's kind of like Wiseman. Ayton was the first overall mm-hmm. pick. And he slowly developed. It's been a few years, but now, I mean, he's really good. And he really helped that Suns team in the playoffs last year. Yeah, and it really has only been a few years. I mean, I think it's only been two or maybe three years now. I think this is probably his third year in. So it really kind of gives hope to the Warriors fans that, like, Wiseman, I mean, 
don't get too down on him. People were really down on Nate his first year or two. And then all of a sudden, they're like, wow, he is he's really good, and he's going to get so much better. So that's the Suns, and the team that finished first in the West in the regular season last year were the Utah Jazz. They really, with all their stars, they stay pat. So after they came up short in the postseason last year, do you think, Kilbilly, that the Jazz can take that next step in the West? Uh, no. Uh-oh. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jazz basically did the same thing they did last year with close to the same number of wins because that stuff does work in the regular season, but in the playoffs – it's a problem. As, as good as Rudy Gobert is, it just creates over a seven-game series these matchup problems that just kill the Jazz every time. And it's going to do it again. Well, then that's the Western Conference. That's where we've got 15 teams in the West, 15 teams in the East. But before we go... Here it comes! Season predictions, of course, Sanders Facts Podcast. So, I think you alluded to this, Billy, but who do you have winning the Eastern Conference? I think the most likely thing is, is that the Bucks repeat. Just because I think there are so many things that could go wrong with the Nets. And, you know, this is what you and I both kind of talked about last year before the playoffs. There was something about that Nets team, as talented as they are, that you just kind of wonder, are they going to keep it together? And, you know, they obviously didn't. You can't really predict injuries. But, I mean, this thing with Kyrie is the kind of thing that can blow up any team. So I don't know that. And then other than that, I just think that the Bucs are clearly the, the second most talented, the most cohesive team. Well, how about this? I will say Atlanta. I'll, I'll say that the Atlanta and Milwaukee face off in the Eastern Conference Finals again, but I've got Atlanta winning it. How about that? If they get their guys back, like DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, I'll yeah, say Atlanta I mean, wins the East. When you can throw like DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Jalen Johnson, just one after another on Chris Middleton, you can wear him down. So they they could be a lot better than the team that the Bucs saw last year. That was peak Bucks. They didn't have any real injuries other than uh, DiVincenzo. So like that's about as good as you can hope for. The Hawks were not. They had bad luck with injuries. Because remember, Trey Young was a little beat up himself. Although one of the mm. things to remember from last year is what happened with Giannis and the injury that he had and how everybody, when they saw that injury, was like, oh, man, that's it for the playoffs. Yeah. And then for him to come back and be as dominating as he was was really something. Yeah. Well, definitely Giannis is the best player out of those two teams. But, I mean, we could all we could both be wrong. And Kyrie shocks us all and gets the vaccine. And then the Nets go and destroy everyone. But I don't know. We'll see. So that's the East. Let's go over to the West. I'll pick the West first. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I will take, I'll take Denver. I just think they've got the MVP of the league, Nikola Jokic on their team. Michael Porter's really good. If they can get Murray healthy, I think they would have beaten the Suns last year. So I'll say Denver comes out of the West. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that if they had had Jamal Murray, or, God, if they had just had one of those four guards, just one of them, I, I think they could have. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think I kind of mentioned it before. I just I think they're the most solid team, the most likely. It, it all depends on Jamal Murray coming back and getting healthy and, and getting playoff ready. You know, we also, like, remember, they brought in Aaron Gordon last year in the middle of the season. So he's going to yeah. go through the preseason and everything with them 
which should mean that he is able to contribute more. And he was already a good player for him last year. But, you know, with him having the whole preseason behind him and everything, he should be more cohesive in that team. And they are really loaded. That player we haven't even mentioned, Bol Bol. Really? And Bol Bol, of course, who is probably <laughs> the odds-on favorite. I don't know. I mean, if, if somebody offered you for MVP this year a bet of Bol Bol versus the field, I think you pretty much have to pick Bol Bol, right? Well, no, but uh, you can try. So that's what we've got. We've both got the Nuggets for the West. So, of course, we've got to pick our preseason NBA champions. So I've got Hawks, Nuggets. Billy Scott, Bucks, Nuggets. Big fact incoming. I'll go first. I will say out of those, the Nuggets will win. I think they're more talented. They've got the Hawks have Trey Young, but the Nuggets have, if he can stay healthy, Murray. They've got Jokic. They've got Porter. If he can continue to develop, I'll say the Nuggets will win the NBA championship this year. Cool facts, bro. Which the NBA will hate because they're in Denver. What say you, Hillbilly? I think the Bucks are going to repeat. Deal with it. You know, when Giannis came back from that injury and just started absolutely crushing it, and that that final game against the Suns was one of the best games I've ever seen. Remember, he what was he twenty out of twenty one from the free throw line? Oh yeah, it was. He was incredible. But he just that game. <laughs> you you saw a guy that can just by sheer force of willpower just take over the game. Like he just wasn't going to miss free throws that game. Just wasn't going to do it. And I think he also realized last year that he has speed in the post that basically means that even at playoff level basketball and defense, they can't stop it. And I think he kind of realized that and leaned into it and nobody can stop it. And if they're playing the Nuggets, Jokic cannot stop that. They don't have anybody that can. If Giannis keeps playing, especially the way he did in the playoffs, I mean, we might be entering into the era of Giannis, just like we had the era of Jordan, the era of LeBron. I mean. When somebody is just that much more physically capable than anybody else out there, you know, like it would be interesting if the Lakers got there, it would be interesting to see Anthony Davis handle him because I think he's one of the few guys that might actually have a chance because he is so good defensively, Anthony Davis is. But really, unless that team has somebody like that they are going to be in trouble well that i mean they'd like that lakers bucks passing of the torch right there but i don't know i think there's a bunch of teams in both of the conferences i think the suns could obviously repeat if the lakers can get it back i'm not sure about the mavericks but if the clippers can get Kawhi, the jazz i think are still really good in the west and then in the east atlanta i don't think miami could get to the finals this year but i think they'll be better than they were Milwaukee of course if Brooklyn we'll see Philly we'll see who knows but I mean there's a bunch of teams this year I think it's really wide open yeah I mean it's hard to make any of those predictions and I mean obviously we're we could just be skipping over the obvious which is that Kyrie is not that stupid he is not going to give up his entire career over just being an idiot and is going to get vaccinated and the Nets are going to be healthy and they're going to destroy everybody. But I just think there are too many questions. So, but it should be a really fun season. Yeah. That's what Andrew Wiggins said. It's definitely going to be fun. The NBA season starts on Tuesday, October 19th. 
regular season goes from October to April, and the finals are going to be back in June, a regular schedule this year. So, Hillbilly, before we go, any final thoughts about this upcoming NBA season? I'm, I'm really interested to see so many different things. I, I, the new rookies that are coming out and, you know, somebody's going to surprise. I would love to see the Warriors really cohesive again. It's just a lot to be really excited about. NBA season preview, Hillbilly back with us. Hillbilly, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Sanders Facts. Thank you once again to Hillbilly for joining us here on the Xander's Facts Podcast. There's your NBA season preview. And the NBA season started on Tuesday night of this week. So it's already started the 75th season of the NBA. But don't worry if you missed it because it's an 82-game season. We're back to 82 games this season. So you got plenty of time to watch the NBA through June when the finals end. It's going to be a long season, but it's going to be fun. NBA basketball is back. Santa warned you. But before we end the podcast, of course, we got to get to our pro football picks for week seven in the NFL. But last week was week six. So let's do a little recap of what happened last week. Week six, which started with a decent Thursday night matchup. It had the Bucks and the Eagles in Philadelphia, but the Bucks won 28-22. And then on Sunday morning, we had our second London game of the season over across the pond in England. It was the Jaguars and the Dolphins, terrible teams. But the Jags were winless heading in. They got their first win of the season on a last-second field goal. I don't know if it counts, though, because they played it in a different country. You dummy. But according to the records, the Jaguars have one win now. And they actually, in that game, they made their first field goal of the season in Week 6. They had a couple field goals, actually. The Jags actually won the game. But then on Sunday afternoon, the Bengals easily kept the Lions winless. So the Lions are the only remaining team in the NFL that have not won a game this season. The Colts got an easy win over the Texans. The Rams did the same with the Giants. The Cardinals beat up the Browns. We're going to talk about that. The Ravens beat up the Chargers, too. That was a big win for the Ravens. And the Chiefs, of course, beat the Washington football team. The Packers were also able to get a victory over their NFC North rival, the Bears, and the Raiders got a win over the Broncos by 10 points in Denver. Even though the Raiders lost their coach in the middle of the week to some bad stuff. Also on Sunday, we had two games go into overtime in the early window. The Vikings beat the Panthers on an overtime touchdown. The Vikings actually missed a field goal in the final seconds of regulation that would have won the game, but they won it in overtime anyway. And then in the late window, it was a back and forth battle between the Cowboys and the Patriots up in Massachusetts. And the Patriots got the ball first in overtime, but they didn't score a touchdown. So they had to punt it to Dallas, who then went down the field. C.D. Lamb in the end zone, touchdown. The Cowboys beat the Patriots in overtime. Then on Sunday night, we had another overtime game. It was the third one of the week with the Seahawks and the Steelers. Pittsburgh got a field goal in overtime to win it 23-20. And then Monday night had another good game between the Titans and the Bills. The Titans stuffed the Bills in the red zone for the Bills in the final two minutes of the game in the fourth quarter on fourth down to win. They beat the Bills 34 to 30 one. What? Of course, it wasn't that great of a week. I went 50% on my picks, 7 and 7. 
That is not good. 61 and 33 is now the early record. That's 64.9% winning percentage. So hopefully we'll do better in week seven. And week seven starts with Thursday night football, the Broncos and the Browns at 820 on Fox and NFL Network on Thursday. Both those teams are three and three, and both of them are coming off of a loss last week. While for the Browns, their quarterback might not play Baker Mayfield. He got injured against Arizona. His status is in doubt, but despite that, Cleveland's at home, so I will give them the edge. The Washington football team heads to Wisconsin to take on the Packers of Green Bay at 1 o'clock on Fox. Washington fell apart once again to the Chiefs, while the Packers are looking like one of the hottest teams in the league. So this one's probably going to get ugly quickly. The Packers will win at home. The Chiefs head to Tennessee to take on the Titans at 1 o'clock on CBS, and the Chiefs got back on track against Washington last week, but the Titans got a huge confidence boost with their win against the Bills on Monday night. Even so, this should be a really good game, and I will go with the Chiefs to beat the Titans. The Falcons take on the Dolphins at 1 o'clock on Fox, and which probably won't be a very good game. Falcons are coming off a bye. The Dolphins are coming off a game they lost in London to Jacksonville. Miami gave Jacksonville their first win of the season, so I will go with Atlanta to win the game. The Jets head up to Massachusetts to take on the Patriots at 1 o'clock on CBS. The Patriots are better than their record. The Patriots are 2-4, and four, but they've been in a couple of close games this year. But this one might be close as well with New York. The Jets! But the Patriots are going to win it at home. Also, 1 o'clock on Fox, the Panthers and the Giants. Panthers were 3-0. They've lost three straight. The Giants are 1-5. Panthers are going to win because the Giants are just a bad football team. What are you implying? And in the final 1 o'clock game of the week, and what should be another good one, the Bengals head to Baltimore to take on the Ravens at 1 o'clock on CBS. Another big game for Baltimore after they beat up the Chargers last week. The Chargers won a roll. They have a bye week this week. But the Ravens now host the Bengals, who are 4-2. and two, And I like the Bengals' talent on offense. So I'll go with the upset and pick the Bengals to win it in a shootout. Let's head to the 4 o'clock games. And at 4.05 on Fox, we've got the Eagles heading west to take on the Raiders in Las Vegas. The Eagles weren't too bad against Tampa Bay. It's kind of surprising. And the Raiders showed up in Denver after they lost their coach. And this should be a good game. But I will go with... Philly, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles to win in an upset. The Rams are at home against the winless Lions at 4.05 on Fox. Lions are the only remaining winless team in the league. True that. And they will lose bigly to the Rams. Bigly's not a word. The Cardinals are at home as well. They take on the Texans at 4.25 on CBS. And the Cardinals pass yet another test when they beat Cleveland, a team I thought was going to beat the Cardinals. However, the Cardinals won again, so I probably shouldn't pick against them anymore, even though I'm on their bandwagon. They're 6-0. The only remaining undefeated team in the league, the Cardinals, are going to easily beat Houston. And then the national game has the Buccaneers hosting the Bears at 425 on CBS. The Bears are intriguing because they've got Justin Fields as their quarterback, and their offense could keep it close. But I will say the Buccaneers win it in Tampa Bay. Then Sunday Night Football's got a team. Both of these teams only have two wins on the year. The Colts head to San Francisco to take on the 49ers at 820 on NBC. It looks like a bad game on paper, but it might be intriguing because the Colts' defense has talent. They haven't showed up a lot, though. They're 2-4. And, and the 49ers are 2-3 and three coming off a bye. 
They're better than their record says, so I will give the edge to San Francisco at home. And then Monday night has the Saints heading up to Seattle to take on the Seahawks at 8.15 on ESPN. This would have been a much better game if Russell Wilson was playing for Seattle, but he's not. So I will say the Saints win it on Monday night. And then, of course, we got a bunch of teams. It's like Bimageddon this week because we got a ton of teams on buys this week in the NFL. The Bills, the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Chargers, and the Jags all do not play this week. So if you got any of those players on your fantasy team, watch out because all those teams, six teams, are not playing this week. And that is the NFL. Thanks goodness that's over. And that is the podcast this week, Xander's Facts. We did our football picks and we had our part two of our NBA season preview with Hillbilly. If you want to know college basketball, because I did so well in my college basketball picks in March Madness last year, we're going to have college basketball season preview in a couple of weeks because that hasn't started yet, but the NBA is starting right now. So go watch it. It's going to be fun. And of course, you know who's going to win because Theater's Facts. That is our podcast this week. Thank you all for listening. And remember, if you want to support the Theater's Facts podcast, click that follow button, download, rate, review, all those buttons. Go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the socials. Xander's Facts. Go follow Xander with a Z. And most importantly, remember to tell all your friends about the Xander's Facts podcast. Spread the facts we call it around here. And click that link tree for all Xander's Facts related info on the episode description. Next week, we're diving back into the world of politics. It's election season, especially here in Virginia. There's a big governor's race. We're going to get all into detail about that next week. It's the truth. So you will not want to miss Xander's return to politics next week. But that is it. That is a wrap on episode 38 of the Xander's Facts Podcast. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see y'all with episode 39 next week. I don't even know how to spell that.